Hey everybody, David here. Before we get started with the podcast, I wanted to let you know that we are having a special podcast this week. We hear from Eric Brader, who was in New York City for the last week um, on the Seed Week trip. But before the podcast, we had Christian Vance call in and give us an update of just what's going on with him. And uh, before the podcast gets started, we're going to play this uh, audio clip from Christian Vance. So I hope you guys enjoy this and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, thanks for the opportunity really quick just to share some highlights and takeaways from this past Seed Week. Uh, First, just wanted to thank you all for sending a team from Revolve. It was so life-giving to see everybody Um, and kind of bittersweet when everybody had to leave. Just felt kind of sad and missed missed our home and and all of that back in Cape May. And so I'm really thankful you guys were able to send up a team. Um, overall was so encouraged with how God used the team into, with everybody individually and just some of their takeaways. I know each person has their own uh, stories and some testimonies and things like that. Um, one of the things I guess I wanted to really share about and I guess maybe was a tweak that we've done with Seed Weeks this past summer is really um, focusing on unreached people groups. I mean, obviously with International Project and living here in Queens, that is our primary focus. Um, But one of the things we do is ethnography up here, and we really try and help each participant have a basic understanding of the people they're trying to engage, and even some of the roadblocks that they're going to run into. And so when it comes to ethnography, we basically break it down into this framework where we talk about festivals, family, friends, and faith. Um, And from that, you're basically asking questions to get to understand these people and their worldview and where they come from. And they're happy. A lot of them are happy to share about what they believe and and all of that. And it's an opportunity for you to share about what you believe as a follower of Jesus. And you'd be surprised by how many people are actually open to listening. And when you have somebody that's open to listening, you're basically using that as a filter to see if they're willing to do a discovery Bible study. And so just from this past week, we had a few people interested um, that are open to reading the Bible. I know uh, from a contact that Sarah had made in, I think, Corona, it's a neighborhood here. He's a Bengali man. Um, We are bringing him a Bible tomorrow, which is great. Um, But also too the contact that Jen had spoken about, Um, a Bengali Muslim woman. She has been passed off to a long-term worker here with International Project, and they're going to be meeting up in a couple days, as to my knowledge. And so it's such a beautiful thing to see that when we are faithfully planting seeds of the gospel throughout Queens, um, you see whose God is already preparing the hearts of those people. And God is just using us to, to plant those seeds um, and so it, it's super, super encouraging to see. I was, uh, I was just such, so blessed to see how God also stretched some people. I know Emma had a rough first day, but then throughout the week, she just had basically prayed out to the Lord and just said, God, would you just use me in my weakness? And it was really cool to see how God stretched her and just to rely on him. Um, for strength, but also that um, he would, you know, use her for his glory in his in his ways. And so really encouraged with how the Lord used the Revolve team and uh, and just some of the follow ups that we have this from this from that previous week. And so, uh, yeah, thankful for you guys and look forward to hopefully seeing you in August. So I uh, love you guys and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Christian, for giving us those updates. And it's all really exciting to hear Um, what's going on, and we can't wait to share this with you. So let's get on to the podcast with a special guest, Eric Brader. Welcome to the Revolve Recap Weekly Podcast, where we help the members of Revolve Church deepen their connection to God, His family, His mission. My name is David McCumber, and I have a very special co-host with me. Bill Lackey. No. (laughs) Oh, sorry, that's what it says on the paper. I'm uh, Eric Brader. Eric Brader. Thanks for joining us today, Eric. You know, Eric is he's special. <laughs> Eric's going to be taking Bill's place today and uh, because he was on Seed Week. Yes, it was. So, Eric, if you don't know Eric, let me give you a little, little background. Oh, Eric's been coming to Revolve for a couple years now. Uh, he's been discipled by myself, by Bill, been through the hub. You were on the noon platoon calls. We did some one-on-one discipleship. You were in uh, RDG. He's a good guy. Bill and I are very proud of Eric, and um, 
he's got this job up in Trenton that we just don't want him to have anymore. <laughs> we really want him to move back. But Eric got to go to Seed Week last week, and we're gonna hear. You know, if you were at church on Sunday, or if you weren't on church, weren't at church on Sunday, we're gonna we're gonna give you a little deeper behind the scenes look at what Seed Week is. You ready, Eric? Yep. Let's go. All right. So it says on my notes here that you're single as well. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, just in case any, uh, you know, <laughs> ladies on the YouTube. How many people watch this? I don't know. I think it's just Gina and Melissa, so they better, <laughs> not, they better not come calling. All right, so we have a question of the day. I know you listen to the podcast every week, so you already know this, but we start each episode with a question of the day. Normally, it's a surprise, but you peeked at the you peeked It's at on the, the front page. You peeked at the notes, so... So question of the day is, what? So we'll do two. Is that all right? That's cool, yeah. So this is what we ask everybody. When I say everybody, I mean when Bretton and Steve came on. What is your brand? What is the Eric I see on the notes that Bill says it's Bergen Stocks. That's what he says your brand is. is I want to set the record straight. I am a Tiva man. I got them on right now for the people that watch. Uh but if I guess, you are if you're listening to the podcast, yeah, Eric just put his foot in my face. I'm a little more, a little more granola than Bergenstocks. I got the Tevas, but Whoa. I guess uh, I guess my brand would be maybe like a like a Honda Civic. Okay, I just feel like I'm very, um, you know, I'm not the best car, you know, I'm yeah. not the best out there, but reliable. You know, I, I'm reliable, affordable. I, I can go forever to two hundred thousand miles. Um, I could be a racing car if you wanted. People trick out their Honda Civics, um, but they're probably not the fastest what do you, car out there. What do you there. mean you could be a racing car? Like, 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 if like, you I, to, like it, it, the Honda Civic to me seems like it's a, a jack of all trades, but a master of none because, uh, you know, people do like to trick them out to make them go fast, but I'd imagine they're not the fastest car. So do you do you get tricked out to go fast? Like on a Friday I could, night? like you sometimes, like, yeah. You get dressed up fancy? Yeah. And, nice. I didn't but, uh, know that about you. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I would I would see you as more of a Subaru Forester. Well, yeah, that's what I drive. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's why the Honda Civic. That's good though. Yeah, that's good. I just feel like I'm reliable. Um, might not be the best out there, but but you're dependable. You know, you're sturdy. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So Bretton's was books a million. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Steve was the the Godfather brand. Godfather, Godfather Father f- franchise. Yeah. Does that include like uh, like the T-shirts they make, or is it? Was he yes. specifically talking about the Just movie? The whole thing. Okay, the whole the brand. Whole, the whole brand. And then Bill's is, um, I think, Walmart T-shirts. Or uh, I thought Bill was like uh, Patagonia, or, Patagonia or something like that. Columbia. Your Walmart T-shirt. Nope. <laughs> Your gray T-shirt. I wear gray T-shirts. Yeah, but my brand is Carhartt. I'm uh, working right, man. Yeah, I'm tough. That's Keep true. you warm in the winter. <laughs> You know? All right. So if you had one, let's do another one. Do a bonus one. Uh, what uh, what skill would you like to learn by the end of the year? Skill. Hmm. I think I changed mine while you're, while you're thinking. Last week I said, is it beekeeping? Maybe. I couldn't remember. But as of yesterday, I want to learn. I want to write a five-minute stand-up comedy. Oh, film. Yeah. I so think you'd be good at that. That's a skill. I think you could have a good uh, a good yeah. routine. You want to hear a joke I wrote today? Uh, sure. So, <laughs> you know that burritos and ghosts are very similar. Why is that? David? Well, well, because when you first uh, see them, you get really excited until they go right through you. <laughs> was that good? That was actually really good. I wrote that while driving today. That's really good. Yeah. So. How many minutes did that take? Well, it was driving for like a half hour. Okay. But I was like, man, I want to write a joke about a burrito. And I really... So would your whole five-minute stand-up be... Maybe all about burritos, you know? I think you're onto something. Uh, I don't know if this is a skill. Maybe woodworking, because I've really wanted to uh, carve a bird-shaped whistle. Like, it looks like a bird, but when you when you blow in it, it's a whistle. That's cool. But I have to be able to do woodworking, so... Uh, so the the skill would be just to improve your woodworking skills. Yeah. Your skill, but you know, the task is you really want to you want to make a bird whistle. Yeah. That's cool. Bill Bill's a uh, wood carver. Okay. He makes uh, spoons though. Okay. 
So uh-huh. I don't know if that is that uh you know if you can whistle with a spoon. Yeah. All Probably. right, good talk, Eric. All right, so we're gonna get into our first segment. You know, we do looking up is uh you know connecting to God. Looking in is the body, and looking out. But we're gonna kind of we're gonna focus a lot on what Seed Week was and what your you know what what was happening there. Uh, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but I wanna. I want to give us an opportunity to go a little deeper. So you ready for that? I'm ready. All right. So the team just got back. It was you, uh, your brother, Evan, mm-hmm. Emma. We had Sarah uh, Burgos, uh, TJ from South Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, North Car- Carolina. North Carolina. But. And um, who TJ used, you know, used to come to Revolve. And um, and then Jen. Yep. Yeah, was that the six, whole team? Yeah, and six then, of us. If you count Christian, and then Christian Vance Pants, he lighted though, so he was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and you were with a larger group. Yeah. So within Seed Week, I don't know how many Seed Weeks they do a year. I think it's like a f- they do three a year, and it's for four weeks. But uh, pretty much churches from all over the country come. And for this specific Seed Week, there was a group from. I want to say it was Virginia, not West Virginia, it was Virginia, and they had maybe six people as well. And then there was a group from Oklahoma who had like, must have been like 15 people. They had a good amount of people. So it was, a, I guess, a group of total of almost 30 people, a little less. I think it was 28 was the total. How'd the Oklahoma people do in New York City? I mean, I didn't really see them in action, but the debrief, uh, you know, they had some... Yeah? They had some good good stories. I just see, I just see New York City is just so intimidating. Yeah, but I think they were so friendly that Amish. They were <laughs> No. <laughs> oh. I hit the I hit the gong. Uh no, I just think they were so friendly that they saw right through the uh the New York uh hustle and bustle. So nice. they almost were immune to it, which I think would have been in my experience would have been better for me to be cuz like coming from the New York metropolitan area, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, I know that person's busy and I know like mm. people don't like to be bothered when they're busy. Or I felt like someone from the Midwest is like, oh, people like to talk, even though yeah. that's not necessarily true about New York City. Yeah. But they they had some good, they had some good debriefs. Um, now, did you, so yeah. when you went out, like when you went out in pairs or went out in groups, did you stay within Revolve or did you pair up with other people from other we churches? We stayed within Revolve. We stayed within our group. So what we would do is... Um, when we're at the training at the church, you know, we would learn a uh, discipleship tool, like a street evangelism tool. Uh, we would pray, debrief, like talk about some experiences that we had the day the day prior. And then um, we would go out with your church to like a different neighborhood in Queens. I actually think, actually, I think the Virginia or the Oklahoma people, someone went to Harlem, Whoa. which was, I was like, oh, wow, it's not even Queens, but yeah. I don't know. They How said they it was, get there? They took a bus? I guess they took a train. I don't know. Wow, that's uh, pretty cool. Anyway, well, let's yeah. yeah before we get into too many details, let's just try Sorry, to go I'm systematically. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, we'll go systematically through the through the week. So you guys, you guys went up there on uh, Sunday afternoon. Sunday night. Yep. Sunday night, and then where did you stay? We Brit- stayed Carlton, or <laughs> yeah, we stayed at uh, the Trump Plaza. No, we stayed at um, it's called a New York School of Urban Ministry. I'm not. I guess it's a school. I don't really know, mm-hmm. but uh, you just stay like in the dorms. It was pretty much like dorms. Um, you know, was there was uh, bunk beds in each room. Each room had like did have a sink and your own toilet in each room, but the showers were, uh, I guess, communal for the floor. It was like Dave Matthews Band posters on the wall. Yeah, no, completely empty. There was an AC unit, which was nice, which was huge. Um, not sure if the filter had ever been replaced <laughs> in it, but it kept us cool, which was definitely definitely a blessing. But it was pretty much like a uh, were you college your, dorm. Were you and your brother were roommates? Yeah, me, Evan, and uh, TJ were oh, roommates. Okay. I had uh, top bunk, nice bunk beds. Yeah, nice. Some so many room for activities, <laughs> and uh, TJ had his own bunk bed. But uh, we all did have like Tempur-Pedic like mattresses. So nice. So you got up Monday morning. You, you did you do like like group devotionals together? Did you do like breakfast? Yeah. So I cut your brother off on yesterday, but now yeah. we can, we can talk about that. Now. Okay. We, we got time. more time. Yeah. So basically we would all kind of wake up on our own. Just how it worked out was pretty funny. Like TJ would wake up pretty early. Then I would wake up a little bit like around six, six thirty, and then Evan, Evan would wake up. And then, um, we would all as revolve, we would all meet for breakfast at the cafeteria they had there. Breakfast started at seven and ended at 
like eight and then after breakfast we would all meet as revolve in the lounge and just do a um quick little read the word and pray together and mm-hmm. every morning jen had like a, a passage picked out it was really nice. jen really was like the engine like she kept us on I hit the gong again. I talk with my hands. I know. I talk with my hands. Uh, well, you're she, in New York all week. Yeah, You're like, hey, like, yeah, yeah, forget about it. Gabagool. Yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, that's, that's, yeah. that's Jen when she's here, too. She yeah, kind of keeps so the, I was like, well, it was, yeah, she definitely. That's great. She had us working like a well-oiled machine. But we would do a little DBS, a little prayer time mm-hmm. together. And then we would um, run and grab coffee or whatever, hop on the subway, and then get to the church, which we would train at. You're like a real, like a real New Yorker. Yeah. You had like felt, your cup. Yeah. And you're like. Had my briefcase. Nice. No, nah, I didn't have a briefcase, oh, but. That's cool. I wish I did. And then you so you went to a church, and then that's where you would meet Christian there. And yeah, we would. And we were always. another. Pants, we were always the first. Pants? No, it was in shorts. Tight yeah. shorts, though. Um. Short shorts? Long shorts. <laughs> uh, I didn't really inspect his shorts. They were like regular shorts. What's regular shorts? Like I would say... Like shorts you're wearing Like now? a little bit above the knee. A little bit you know? above the knee. Okay. Yeah, not tight. Um, I was just wondering. I haven't seen him in a while. We, yeah, he's wearing shorts now, I guess. I don't know. Vance <laughs> shorts just doesn't roll off It was the really hot though, so... Yeah. Um, I know I'm jumping ahead, but a lot of the a lot of neighborhoods we engaged with were, you know, Islamic of the Muslim faith, so... Um, a lot of the the women that went out would wear pants. They wore like flowy pants, but uh, for the guys, it wasn't as strict. I guess strict. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to wear pants unless, like, if you were invited into a mosque or something, they were like, "Yeah, you, you'd have to wear pants to do that." But yeah. just engaging people in the street, you you didn't have to wear pants. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all I right. didn't wear pants. So not you didn't wear pants. I wore at shorts all. though. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was something. No. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So. You get there, you see Vance pants, he's there. Vance and, shorts. And then what is, so what's what's a Monday morning look like? So the Monday morning at the church. Mm-hmm. So we would get there. Uh, we were introduced to, I guess, some of the other people that worked at uh, International Project with Christian. Um, there was one girl that worked there full time, and then there were two interns that okay. were just there for the summer. Um, and they were there kind of helping teach some of the tools and you know they had been out in these neighborhoods so they kind of gave some insight so what was the first tool that you guys um the first tool we did was the two kingdoms which is pretty much for people at revolve that watches have done um the hub or gone prayer walking with us it's pretty similar to the three circles except it's there's one two circles yeah they streamlined it yeah streamlined it um so we learned that uh it's pretty much just like a quick you can get through it in like five 10 minutes depending on how long you want to explain yeah. explain it um but it's just a quick ef- effective way to just share the gospel like now, on the street now before that did you guys do brutal facts we did do the brutal facts so okay. I, so what are brutal facts the brutal, I mean, what is it i mean you don't have to give me the details but what is the what are brutal facts brutal facts are basically that in queens there's i want to say like 50 unreached people groups mm-hmm. and an unreached people group is what uh i guess missionaries consider a group like a cultural group of people that have less than, I want to say 3% believers, 3% evangelical believers. But uh, I remember them saying it's usually way less than three. It's like 1%. Yeah. So basically there's, you know, these huge groups of of people living out there that have no access to the gospel, have no idea. Yeah. I remember Christian did the brutal facts for Cape May County. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like we should dig them up again because I feel like that'd be helpful when we do prayer walking and stuff here and and doing the hub because it is, I think if I remember correctly, it was like for Cape May County, it was like 10% people claim to be Christian. Right. But it's like in in actuality, what is that for real? Yeah. It's probably closer to three. Yeah. So, So, yeah, so the brutal facts help you really put it in your mind of like, this is the importance of spreading the gospel. Right. And you're kind of like, wow, this is like legit. And like, especially coming from, I mean, Dave just said there's like maybe 10% uh, uh, Christians in Cape May County, but I mean, there's churches all over, mm-hmm. you know, and then you don't really get that idea that like, wow, there are people out there that, you know, they can't just walk into a dollar store and find a Bible. There's no way for them to really even hear the gospel because there's no um, no evangelical Christians in their in their society. And yeah. then, you know, you even think start thinking about the country. Because, like, in America, I mean, you, you could probably just brush it off and be like, oh, eventually they'll meet someone, they'll hear yeah. something on the radio. But then you think, like, oh, there's countries out there where, you know, how are they going to hear it? Yeah. You know, and that's basically, it kind of, yeah, it kind of, it's like a gut punch yeah. in a good way. Yeah. It's um, inspiring to... Yeah, Motivating, motivating. Word. Yeah. Motivating is the right word. All right, so then um, I remember yesterday um, you guys started talking about it's the uh, eth- ethnography. Right. Am I saying that right? 
I don't know. Eth- yeah, I think so. Ethnography. Ethno. I think it's a short O. Ethnography. Ethnography. Yeah, Eth- it's Latin. Ethnography key. <laughs> yeah. So what is Something that? Something like that. Uh, that's basically someone's ethnic understanding. They used a uh, word worldview a lot, which mm-hmm. basically is like you know, in layman's terms, is how do you view the world? No, it's basically how your culture, what your culture does, like what they believe, what foods they eat, what festivals they go to. Um, you know, are they like a hospitable people or are they not hospitable? Will mm-hmm. they not invite you into their home? Will they, will they talk to you on the street? Um, and it's I think ba- even, even what you were saying with how females should be more conservative right. or whatever, that would be a world. Yeah. View. So a lot of what they were mostly who the, I guess the cultural group, they were engaging more Muslims. So a lot of like the facts I have are strictly probably like about the Islamic faith, but uh, obviously for any culture, any religion, there's now uh, was now was the um, people group you were kind of zoomed in on was it Bengali? Yes and no. The first day we went to Corona Queens, which is a neighborhood of like eighty five percent Hispanic. Okay. So, um, but the Jackson Heights area has a uh, a large Bengali Muslim grouping, and then we weren't. St- specifically engaging Bengali Muslims, but I felt like that was where the heart of like uh, a lot of the people in International Project, mm-hmm. their heart was with like the Muslim faith. And yeah. there is just a huge Muslim community within Queens. Yeah. So for instance, one of the things that I strictly, that not strictly, but I, I clearly remember them talking about worldview is like when you, if you were to approach like, let's say an atheist on the street in like Cape May County, you know, it would be likely that this atheist and you could maybe get into almost like a, a mental de- sparring match debate. Like this is why the Bible's true. It's backed by like this much facts and yada, yada. And you could explain like science and the atheist might be like, oh, this is what, you know, this is why the big bang's true. And you could disprove that through facts. And uh, I wouldn't say an argument, but a debate, but with um, the worldview of like someone from, you know, the Middle East or Bengali or somewhere like that is they don't, they have like a shame honor worldview. So it's almost like if you were to say something that they believe like the Quran or something is fake, then, um, you know, that would shame them. And it's very shameful for you to say that. And they would just kind of shut you off and be like, I don't want to talk to you. Wow. That's a really great, that's a really great thing that you guys learned that. Yeah. Because I think in our culture, I would say with our worldview. So if we were to look at this through a lens of, you know, someone in South Jersey, it's almost like it's very common for us to be like, well, your side is wrong. My right. side is right. Yeah. And that's and, almost a Western way, like a yeah. a Latin, I don't know, like a Western yeah. way of thinking. But that's cool that you guys learned that. Yeah. So you're not like, I'm going to, you know, you're going to be wrong. I'm going to be right because then that shames them and shuts them yeah. down. Yeah. So. And I think that's a good tool for, even if you are approaching someone from a Western culture, if you start off kind of, and everyone has their different you know, ways of evangelizing and it works for it. But I just think starting off with saying you're wrong, you're already kind of putting that barrier up. Yeah. And one of the things they stressed uh, with International Project for Sea Week is like, just get to know this person. Like, just talk to them. And, you know, if you want to push the gospel, if you then absolutely do it. But, you know, just... So I think Emma was mentioning this at uh, church yesterday during the panel. Um, But at International Project, they were just kind of reiterating the idea that like these people aren't a project you're not out there with a checklist trying to say you know i have to share the gospel with you know 100 people even though that that would be great but you know you're approaching people as an image bearer as someone that uh is made in god's image and god has a desire to draw to him you know so uh you know you approach someone like that and it kind of just changes your whole it changes your worldview to use like uh one of their words but it changes your whole scope of you know going out there and sharing the gospel with them yeah, and that's and that's a big part of what we talk about in the hub, you know, is is, mm-hmm. is building relationships. You know, you have these, you make Shema statements, you make these spiritual statements to try to f- make those bridges. But ultimately, we're we're loving our neighbor and we're making disciples yeah. through that, and we're not looking for this, especially where we live. You you have more relationships where it's not like in New York where you're so like thousands of people that are just like yeah. everywhere. So no, that's really cool. So we're definitely not going to be able to get through every day for the amount of time we're taking, but I think this is really good. Eric, mm. this is, this has been helpful really kind of seeing some of this insight. The next tool it looks like I had on my list was uh, four responses to the gospel. Um, right. Also called red light, yellow light, green light. So that's uh, explain that three. to me. Uh, so the four responses. Well, yeah. So the four responses, so the first response that isn't listed on a uh, regular traffic light would be they are a believer. 
Yeah. So this is if you share the gospel yeah. with someone or you're making some spiritual conversations, like what their response is. Yeah. So you could go up, you know, have a nice conversation and then maybe say, hey, uh, you get to the point where you can share the gospel or talk about Jesus in some capacity, I guess. And then I guess there's four general responses that uh, someone will have. And, you know, one response could be like, oh, I am a Christian. You know, I go yeah. to church. I believe that Jesus is my king. And you're like, oh, great. You know, pray for them. Maybe talk to them. Buy them a scone. I don't know. Uh, or it could be uh, what they call a red light, which is basically they completely shut you down. Um, they get Maybe they get angry or they say, I don't want to hear about that. I don't want you to pray for me. Yeah. Um, that would be a red light. So, you know, like, okay, I'm not maybe not going to push this conversation get out of here, any further. Pal. Yeah. Then there's a yellow light, which would be like, some general interest, maybe they're like, yeah, you could pray for me. You know, I have a friend that prays for me all the time, but, you know, I don't really go to church. I don't really be- know if I believe in that kind of stuff, but, you know, I'm a spiritual person or something, some sort of indication where you're like, okay, like, you know, this person has some interest. They seem open. And uh, in that case, you know, you would want to kind of maybe press further in the conversation or if you have a uh, opportunity to, uh, you know, invite them to do like a Bible study, a DBS, uh, you would do that. Um, and then there's a green light, which is basically... You know, they're not a Christian, but they're like, yes, like, you know, sometimes, I mean, you could hear crazy testimonies where people are like, I've been having dreams, you know, yeah. of someone calling me or something like that. Or they're like, yeah, like, you know, I knew I've heard about Jesus and I want to learn more. And, and that's like, you know, it's just, you got to knock that out of the park. Basically, mm-hmm. it's like you lobbing it up there and you would definitely want to follow up with that person and be like, hey, like almost coach them through that. Yeah. yeah. I think what we find is most of our conversations are yellow lights. I would say, and we and yeah. we and we and we think that's a red light, just because they're not like, yes, please tell me more about Jesus. Yeah. But most people are just kind of like, oh, you know, I know. But it's like sometimes people just don't really know how to have spiritual conversations because right. they're not really, you know, they're not really there. But yeah, I think that's good. That's a good thing for us to remember, even here, is in our conversations of. You know, unless one's just like, don't talk to me about Jesus. Yeah. Just or keep pushing. screaming at you. I don't know, something. Just keep moving forward. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll look at what you did on Tuesday. That was just Monday. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. You know what? We actually didn't. That wasn't even all of Monday. We real, I, I realized looking at my notes. Because you guys prayed. Did yeah. you just pray before you go out? Yeah, they do. Uh, and they mentioned this in church. They call it a prayer go round. Prayer basic- go round. Yeah. Yeah, they actually sing that. There's a whole, There's whole, a whole song. thing? Yeah. It's on Spotify. You're making that up. No, nah, I made that up. There's no oh, song. What a- we would sing. We, we would write, sing. This is a really serious podcast. You're you're <laughs> yeah. in here just cracking jokes. I like, know. Man, this, this is, is disappointing. This is disappointing. They call me funny guy, Eric. <laughs> Am I at that level? Can I do the inside jokes Yeah, yet? you can do, you can do oh, the... Yes. Funny guy, Eric. Is that what they call you? Yep. That's right. what I call myself. Uh, no, but we would sing some worship songs, you know, to open up. Uh, and then at the end, we, they would do the prayer go round. And uh, basically, since there was 28 of us, they would, uh, you would pair up with a partner and then they would read a scripture. So, for instance, they might read like, you know, Luke 10 too, like the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. So they're like, they would read that and they'd be like, so for this next, I think it was like two or three minutes, we're going to pray that God raises up people for for the harvest he raises up workers and you would pray with your partner and it was all out loud which like i've mentioned this in church just like that corporate prayer time is like something that um not that i wrote it off but it was something that had been lacking in my spiritual spiritual mm-hmm. life to just like pray out loud with like i think it was like 30 different believers like you yeah. do feel you know the spirit is there he's there anyway but you know you definitely feel mm-hmm. feel that but anyway so you would pray with uh You'd pray with your partner for like three minutes and then they'd be like, okay, rotate. And then one person would get up and go to the next person and everyone would kind of wow. go so around. So you pray with all the different folks. Yeah, and then they would read like a different scripture and they're like, now we're going to pray that, you know, maybe you find a person of peace or something mm-hmm. like that. So, and then, then once that was done, we would launch, find a, find a neighborhood to go to. Mm-hmm. And then it says uh, that you guys would go out into the harvest. Right. Why, why do they call it the harvest? Well, like I said, Luke 10 too is the, uh, Jesus says the harvest is plenty and the workers are few. So basically, uh, you know, the harvest, I guess God wants to cultivate, you know, believers. He wants to cultivate people to, uh, sticking with the, the farming idiom. Uh, he wants to cultivate people that, you know, make Jesus his king. We were looking for people, persons of peace. We were looking for people that were maybe a yellow light or a green light. And mm-hmm. we were trying to follow up with them and read the Bible with them. And Nice. Yeah. 
All right. So, and then you would come home. You guys have dinner. Yeah, we would get done probably around five ish, four thirty or five. Um, you know, we would meet up by the train station, whatever subway station we got off at. Head back to nice some. We spent almost every night uh, with Christian or Elena nice. and the kids. It was really nice, really nice to see them. So yeah. we would generally go meet up with them if they weren't busy. But generally, um, you know, yeah, you go get dinner and share amongst your group and just yeah, have a good time. So then, so then the next day. So I kind of ha- I have a look. I have a look at, at what your your whole week is like. You would start the next day with a debrief with the whole team. Would everyone uh, share? Well, we back to church. Yeah, they would. You know, we would come in and uh, yeah, we might sing some worship songs, but then they'd be like, "Oh, does anyone have any like testimonies, any stories to share? What went well? What didn't go well?" And that was the next day. That was the next day. So you're okay. like, okay, if it was Tuesday, we're like, this will happen Monday. If it was when uh, Wednesday was an off day, if it was Thursday, it'd be like, so Tuesday. Okay, that's that was just Monday. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much that you guys did. I'll try I, to be more brief. No, it's okay. I, I think I'm just gonna we're gonna move on and, and kind of. Uh, I'm like a civic. You I know. Want- I just. I know, I know you're so you're so uh, you're, like, you're so thorough, <laughs> but no, I want to I want to hear Uh-oh. now like what you learned, and we're gonna like unpack it and see like now what do we take what you guys learned, and then how do we apply it here at Revolve? Right. All right. Okay. So we're gonna take a, another quick break. Okay. We're gonna shift gears now. We're not. We're gonna be like kind of looking in now. Of like, how do we apply this to Revolve? Got it. Sound good? Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back. And uh, Eric, I I really appreciate you coming down here. Thanks for having me. I know you had had 60 emails you had to respond to after taking a week. Something like that, yeah. I think it was 63. after, uh, After taking a week off from work. But, okay, so... So what are we going to do now? What did you learn about your relationship with God? Like what like the, what you learned for this week? What are you going to do? Like I feel like whenever I come back, yeah. I'm like all amped up like, yeah. Like I never been the seed week, but I've been on, you know, plenty of other trips and you get like really excited and really jazzed and I think for this specific one, it's so like yeah, like when I go to Greece, it's like a totally different thing. Like I was jazzed on the on what God was doing in my heart and what mm-hmm. was going on in Greece. But this is like what you're learning you could be applying every single day almost. Definitely. Here. It's definitely obtainable. So yeah. what do you do? So for me I'm just like hot seat. It's really hot yeah. seat. For me personally, I think A that that prayer time. I shared that in church. I shared that earlier on the on the pod, but uh just definitely praying with fellow believers corporate prayer you know obviously keep the quiet time prayer that's also important intimate time with the with the lord but just that corporate prayer and how important that is and how um you know life-giving it is and it's like putting gas and putting premium in your honda civic yeah yeah something like that it really gets the engine you know it gets it going and and yeah pleases the lord uh, i would also say for me it's just like um i had been through a time just before going to sea week of just like getting caught up in my job and getting caught up where i'm living and all these different things where um those things are important but it's like you know when you're really spending a week of just sharing the gospel and just spending time with fellow believers you're like man the gospel is the only thing that's like really important all of it's worthless you yeah. know so to apply that to everyday life i'm still trying to wrestle through that like yeah. this week coming back but it's like Keep the corporate prayer time. Um, just share the gospel whenever possible. Are you going to uh, Are you going to DG tonight? Yeah. So your brother will be there. Yeah. And Emma. Yeah. Nice corporate prayer. Yeah. On the beach. Well, I think what you guys what what I would suggest is that the three of you should, you know, definitely be kind of almost like spearheading that, and yeah. you know, holding each other accountable. Right. You know, spearheading that within because- your discipleship group. Of like, you know, praying yeah. together. Because I would like to say we could easily just, you know, do more prayer walks and do more corporate prayer, which are important. I think we should, but it's almost like changing, for me personally, it's changing that heart posture. It's like wanting to further the kingdom, wanting to go out into the harvest, desiring that God moves through you, desiring mm-hmm. to be a vessel. And that, I guess, changing my heart posture towards that. And then I think you'll have a desire to want to go do prayer walking. You're going to mm-hmm. have a desire to want to pray with um, 
Christians. And it's almost like I'm trying I'm trying to think of like a on the ground type of way to well, do that. If if you look at John fifteen, um it talks uh Jesus talks about abiding. Yeah. And in the in the I think it's towards the end, like mm-hmm. nine, ten or eleven, and he says that, you know, ask and you know, ask what your heart's desire is, and and the Father will give it to you. Yeah. And it's like if you're abiding, if you're in the Word and you're in prayer, your heart is going to be. It's not like, well, I want to ask for a you know a sweet Ferrari. No, I'm going to start asking right. that I'm going to have fruit in the harvest because mm-hmm. your your heart in abiding becomes more like Christ, and then you have this desire to go out. Yeah. So it's an overflow of your abiding. Mm-hmm. You know. So would you say that that was impactful to you, that that time spent in prayer before going out? That 100%. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how do you, what bit of advice could you give to our listeners and viewers based off of what you learned and what you just said to me? What's some advice that you would give them? I would say spend every morning in prayer. First thing you do before you go out to your job or you go out to school or whatever you're doing and if you have if you're you know if you're married pray with your spouse pray with your family if you have a family um if you have the ability yeah this would be sweet meet up with some christians before work like if you all work at different places maybe like meet up at mcdonald's and you know just pray together Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think that i would say prayer is definitely like the one thing that i'm really like one thing i could pull from this week is just like dig into that prior life because that's really you know if you're not a if you're not equipping with prior then yeah it's tough well we're gonna we're gonna hold you accountable to that okay and then you gotta hold your brother accountable to that yeah and then he's gotta hold emma accountable yeah and just so on and so on that's discipleship Mm -hmm. right all right so bill says but he says this um often that the best way to develop community is serving together and short-term trips are a great place to do that. Did you see that happen this week? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, A, you're spending majority, if not all, your time with these people that you went on the trip with. So the, the other five people from Revolve that we went with spent most of my time with them. And then even throughout the day, like, with one of them, you're spending just, like, one-on-one time, and you get to know that person pretty well. And yeah. um, But it's also just, like, serving alongside someone yeah uh it's like you're at i don't know if battles or but yeah you're like going to going to yeah. war together you're going to the big game together mm-hmm. and you're like relying on each other and it's almost like it breaks down it breaks down like those social walls that like people tend to just naturally build like yeah. i don't really know this person that well yeah so i'm not going to really open up but when you have to rely on them you're like man like uh you're getting frustrated i remember there was uh it's like a I guess a little more personal, like, uh, me and Sarah had gone to Corona to share with a guy that her and Jen had talked with. And I went with Sarah and then it was like 90 degrees out. And every person I'd gone up to kept saying, I don't speak English, only Spanish. And I don't speak hardly any Spanish. So I could, I was getting so frustrated and Sarah pretty much just called me out and said, call me out on my frustration. I was like, like, what'd she say? Stop being a chump. Pretty much something like that. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah. Fancy so I was pants. Like, and if I didn't have someone there to say that to me, I probably would have just gone even deeper in that frustration. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. Having someone to serve along with, it really does just break down those walls. So if you're, so what happens often in church is people want like an artificial fellowship of mm-hmm. like, let's do a potluck together. And that's, you know, that's how we'll make friends. Or, yeah. you know, even within your discipleship group, it's like, oh, we're going to meet every week and we're going to make friends. But it's like that relationship deepens when you're serving together. Yeah. You know, and I would say even out, even yeah. with us, like when we went prayer walking mm-hmm. a couple of times, it was like it kind of deepened that relationship than from just like having, you know, discovery Bible studies Definitely. together. So my advice for, you know, listeners or viewers of the podcast, if you're feeling disconnected from the body of Revolve, either join the serve staff you know, you could serve together that way or plan some sort of, um, you know, outreach together or the making sandwiches for the homeless or, mm-hmm. you know, going up to Kensington, um, you know, with, with the group that goes up to Kensington, there's, there's opportunities to serve, but to wait for the church to just like 
force these like friendships like we have beach days and it's like oh that's fun yeah you know but that's not forming a friendship like you know like you and tj probably have now from yeah you know serving and i didn't together. really know him that well prior i'd been on a zoom call with him a couple of times but now like yeah now i feel like i could just hit him up and be like hey man how's it, how's it going and it wouldn't be you know what's weird up? or feel forced yeah what's up homie yeah i'd probably just text him shawarma yeah yeah i talked about a lot of shawarma right. in new york city so let's well, it's a food. I know. I know what okay. shawarma is. I've been to Egypt. <laughs> oh, so you had to. Yeah, you had, you to, had the real the deal. Original. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna. Uh, Eric's gonna bang on some more stuff here on the table. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna look out to see, um, you know, what we what we do now with all this stuff, and bring it to Kate May. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Um, you guys. Now we're gonna we're gonna again we're gonna kind of dig in to see like what we can do now with what you've learned and apply it here in Cape May. You guys now are the third team that has gone to New York City, and I feel like I've never gone. I've never gone to Seed Week, but I've seen it every time a group comes back. People are like really fired up mm-hmm. for prayer walking. For sharing, um, sharing the gospel, sharing three circles. You know, Hannah and Elena got three thir- three circles tattoos. Mm. You know, I remember Ryan Pittman had like a, a stack of cards in his front thing of his car, and was just like doing three circles with everybody. It seems like that eventually kind of fizzles out. And I'm not, I'm not bashing right. those particular people that I use as an examples at all. But you know, how do we? How do we keep this going? How do we keep this excitement going that you guys had probably Friday afternoon? You know, how do we now, in the weeks to come, how do we keep it to where... What, what is, what's your thoughts, Eric? It's always good to get an outside, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, it's The elders, difficult. we like, you know, we're always kind of thinking of Echo things. Echo chamber, and, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, it's difficult because, you know, when you are on a missions trip, you know, A, those people that go on a mission trip, that group of people go because they want to go. You know, I know not everyone probably has a desire to go share the gospel. True, which true. Is, you know, you would hope that changes. But anyway, so the people that are going already have a desire. Um, you know, you are only focusing on sharing the gospel for that week. That's all, that's your main focus and you're praying. And it, it does get difficult when you come back home you know, and then you have like your home life, you're balancing your work, your family. If you're not, you know, a missionary out in the field and that's your job, then you have a job to worry about. So, I mean, man, it's a loaded question. I just think it's, uh, I was just kind of hoping you'd have all the answers Eric. Yeah, me too. Hmm. I think it's maybe organizing more, uh, prayer walks more. I know that, um, um, sorry to interrupt you. Sorry. Um, I know that at Hannah, I had talked to her yesterday and she said that when they got back from their trip, that her and Elena like deliberately would once a week or once a month go out, you know, in Cape May and yeah. go prayer walking and, and share the gospel. And, and they kind of got discouraged because it didn't see very, very much growth. And then, um, in the winter time, it's like hard to find people. So that kind of fizzles out. So I think, you know, kind of what she had said and what you were alluding to before i interrupted you was you know just kind of like maybe just more opportunities to do yeah and i think that goes back to the abiding because like yeah you're gonna strike out it's gonna be winter there's gonna be no one to share with and what do you do during those off seasons if you're if you lose that time of abiding with christ through prayer and through reading the word and through your own you know personal time then you know when you're not seeing results then you're gonna be yeah. When that discouragement comes, you're gonna be you're gonna fall away because you don't have that bedrock. You know, yeah. the house isn't built on a rock. Yeah. I think um, Bill and I had taught we we were kind of throwing some ideas around yesterday. I think after after the service, we were just texting back and forth, and you know, we were saying like, what if we were to start a group? Like maybe it met in person, or maybe it met online, or something. That like all we did, like we met once a week. So like looking at like conversation quadrants and like our own personal relationships and basically having like a journal that has every eight people that you're, you're, you know, are building relationships with 
and then every week you just get together and you say like I had this conversation with this person and I prayed for their wife. Their wife was sick and I prayed for them. And then like we would hold you accountable the next week to say accountability like, did definitely you follow, huge. Yeah. Did you follow up with that person? And then we're gonna pray. So it was like, you know, you meet for like an hour and it's like fifteen minutes of it is just accountability right. and then like forty five minutes is just praying for all those people. And it's like that's all the group is. It's not That'd a discipleship group. We don't do anything together. You know, it's just a group, it's just for prayer and accountability specifically for going out in the harvest. Yeah. Because most yeah, because with those relationships, that's where most, uh, you know, it's where you have the best time to disciple someone other than just, I mean, prayer walking is great, but, you know, you chant, I'm probably never going to see, like, those people again that I talked to in New York City on yeah. earth, maybe in heaven, but you're never really going to see them again. So it's really, I didn't expect to go there and convert someone. Yeah. To use that yeah. word. But, uh, but yeah, it but is, you it have is, roommates and you have friends and yeah. there's coworkers and I have clients and, you know, there's all people we have relationships with. And I really think, you know, you know, a fellow member of the church, you know, the body holding you accountable, definitely. Yeah. You know, and then you get to hear other people's testimonies. Cause like when you hear someone else share like, Oh, I had this great gospel moment. My friend really came through and I'm baptized or something. When you hear that, even though it didn't happen to you, like your spirit gets kind of juiced and you get on fire. And then now you're, it's like building, you know, so I think a group would be a good idea. So more intentionality, more, uh, yeah, so I think I think Bill and I are going to talk about this a little bit more this week, and and maybe we'll loop, loop you in as well in, in some text conversations because we were just chatting about it and brainstorming about it, and um, I would like to see that happen, and maybe we could chat with some more of the people who've gone in the past, you know, like Ryan and and Hannah, and yeah, because now know. they're no three year or two years out now, maybe they can have time to be like even yeah. reflect more because I'm still kind of on that, mm-hmm. I'm still kind of. Yeah, so talking Working about some it. people who've been in the past yeah. to see like what we can do to to kind of spark that flame up a little bit. So, and then, but I would definitely encourage you tonight when you're meeting with your discipleship group, um, you know, talk with them about that kind of stuff as yeah. well. So, um, yeah, so let's we're gonna take one last break and we're gonna come back and we're gonna do some just kind of some announcements of what's going on this week at Revolve, and uh, I'm gonna let Eric get out of here because you have, you got discipleship group. All right, welcome back. Thank you, Eric, for your time, for your insight. Thanks uh, for it was really me. great, and uh, I always love talking with Eric. He's a good, he's a good guy. Thanks, Dave. So, just wish he was around a little more. Yeah. Tried to get him a job here. Trying. We're trying. So, if you're if you're an engineer, and you're looking for a or a, a guy to drive your train, Eric's your man. Is yeah. that what you do? Are you an engineer? Yeah, I've never driven a train though, so don't. Oh, what kind of engineer? It's environmental engineering. All right. It's well, one of our 34 cool. listeners out there, there might be someone who's looking for an environmental engineer. If it has benefits, like health insurance or something, I definitely, yeah, it doesn't have to be engineering. Yeah. We want to get uh, we want to get Eric back to Cape May. Hashtag, we're going to start that. Hashtag <laughs> Eric back to Cape May. All right. Well, so just guys to give you a little update of what's going on here at Revolve. Um, we got the beach hang up, beach hang up. Beach Hangout this Sunday after church. So it's Pittsburgh Avenue in the Crest after church. Grab some food, get a Wawa hoagie, go on over, and we're just going to hang out at the beach. So that's a, that's a good time. And then um, we're taking a month off from book clubs, uh, the month of August. So the, the ladies' book club is still going on. We heard uh, an update from Christina about that last week. And um, so they're going to finish out the month of July and then uh, the month of August, we're, we're taking a break, and um, we're going to come up with a, a 12-month schedule. And I heard that you might be teaching. Yeah, Bretton asked me to teach, so I don't know what yet. You don't know what yet? Uh, there's been some ideas tossed around. I feel like we All change right. it a lot. This is exciting. I think we're doing, Eric. am I allowed to say? Yeah. It's not set in stone, so I don't no, know. I don't want to blow okay. up his spot. Maybe the parables, Jesus' parables. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that book, yeah. Yeah, that was the last one we landed on, but then he said they're not doing classes for a year or something. Or well, no, we're not doing classes five for years, a month. Five, one month. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Are you real good with numbers? 40 I years. feel like if you're an engineer, you should be better with numbers. Yeah, that's what, that's what computers are for. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so actually Eric and um, Breton are going to be doing a hopefully, class together, yeah. hopefully pretty soon. And then if you remember when The Godfather, Steve Tecco, was on <laughs> last week, nickname. he talked about, or two weeks ago, he talked about his um, his group that's been meeting uh, for discipleship. And I think um, a couple of those guys are going to get together and they're going to do a class together. So it's really exciting. Kind of the goal of, you know, the kind of the second year of the book clubs is uh, bringing in some new leaders. And um, so it's not just the elders, but, you know, doing some leadership development and seeing some, uh, some new faces. We have one thing we talk about a lot as the elders is we have a lot of great leaders that we think are underutilized and we just want to get better at, empowering them to uh to do their thing so it's gonna be exciting to hear yeah, right um on. eric and some new new teachers so if you have any questions about seed week talk to eric or emma or evan sarah jen i don't know who else is gone tj T- no, you can't ask tj he's not here yeah but he's got a phone does he yeah. he doesn't answer when i call Oh, <laughs> just kidding. All right. So, yeah. So if you have any more questions about um, pot, uh, about Seed Week, you know, reach out, let us know. And the next time they do a, um, a Seed Week excursion trip, you should go. Called? You should just go. go. I want to get. Why? Yeah. Uh, man, because even if you're afraid to talk to people on the street in New York City, just spending that week just you know with your brothers and sisters and even having one opportunity to share the gospel is like with someone that's never heard it is there you go refreshing that's the reason to go you could have the opportunity to share the gospel with someone who's never heard it before if there isn't a reason better than that i don't know it thanks eric we'll see you guys all on sunday thanks see ya